Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to episode 11 of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we tackle a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. As I've heard Craig Grishel say many times, when a leader gets better, everybody benefits. Your team, your department, your customers, your clients, your spouse, your kids, everybody. I'm excited as we continue this new journey together, so let's jump right in. Today, I want us to talk about family-focused leadership. You might be thinking, I'm single. I don't have a family. I get that. So this topic is going to apply if you're married, if you want to be married one day, if you have kids, or if you want to have kids one day. If none of those apply, skip to another episode. No harm, no foul. But before you do, think carefully and consider not just yourself, but your team members. Understanding this principle that we're going to talk about today will help you understand and lead family-focused team members more effectively. To be a truly catalytic leader is to choose to be family-focused. You might be wondering, why on earth am I talking about family in a leadership podcast? What does family have to do with work? Aren't those two completely separate compartments of our lives? I mean, one has nothing to do with the other, right? If that's what you're thinking, then you should know that your thoughts sound like a true descendant of the ancient Greeks. It's from the ancient Greeks, from Hellenism, that spawned from Alexander the Great's conquest of so much of the world that we get this idea that life can be compartmentalized, that one part has no influence or impact on another part. It's like those plates we get to use at Thanksgiving. I love these plates. They're my favorite ones. You know, with the compartments for your food. Each compartment has a little wall dividing it from the other foods. I love those. I hate for my food to touch. I know, I know. All the food gets mixed together in your stomach after you eat it. But that's after I eat it. While I'm eating, I want to taste and savor each food's unique flavor. I don't want it all mashed together before I eat it. You might as well put it into a blender. Well, many people think of their lives like that plate. There are these little walls that separate one part from another. And what happens on one side of the wall doesn't affect what happens on the other side. To that, I simply say this. Good luck with that. That's a cute myth, but it's just that. It's not true. You and I are created as integrated beings where one part of our life absolutely affects and touches all the other parts. With my coaching clients, I'll often use a tool called the wheel of life. You take a circle and you divide it into eight parts, like a pie. And then you think about each part and you label each part with a different part of your life. And then you rank each pie section. Think about it from a scale of one to 10, with one being the innermost part of the pie piece and a 10 being the outer rim of the pie piece. How am I doing at work? How am I doing financially? How am I doing as a parent? How am I doing as a spouse? Think about all the different parts of your life. Recreation, 
fun, leisure. And then rank each area from 1 to 10. When you do that, you're going to have a graphic depiction of the wheel that is your life. Now, after you rank each piece, look at your wheel. What would it be like to drive on that wheel? Could be a little bumpy, right? That's what I work with leaders to address, the bumpy parts of the wheel. And family is most assuredly one of the pie pieces. I have talked to and worked with leaders for over three decades. In every case, in every case, what happens at home affects what happens at work. And the reverse is equally true. We might think that we can isolate trouble in one area from the other. And for a while, you might be able to appear to do just that. The problem is that trouble leaks from one area into others. The walls don't hold. David Allen notes in his classic book, Getting Things Done, often some of the greatest pressures on professionals stem from the personal aspects of their lives that they're letting slip. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not going to be perfect. You won't win everywhere all the time. But great leaders know that leadership excellence involves forward progress. I remember a man calling my office many years ago because he needed help. We set up a time to meet, and he came into my office and shared that he had just lost his job, his marriage was falling apart, and his kids were distant and disconnected from him. He thought that if he reconnected with God, his faith journey would have an impact in those other areas. I agreed. I said I would help him, and we began walking on his journey together. Not long after that first meeting, he got a new job, a better job. That resolved the financial pressure that he was feeling, and resolving the financial pressure helped his relationship with his wife a bit. Things got better. The pressure wasn't so urgent, and I haven't seen him since that day. Did he continue focusing on the faith piece of the pie? Did his commitment in the midst of pain continue once the pain wasn't so acute? I don't know. Despite reaching out to him multiple times, I haven't heard from him since. There are times when the pain will grow so acute that we're willing to do whatever it takes to resolve it. We'll begin to talk about and address areas of our wheel that we've ignored, sometimes for decades. But what happens when the wheel starts to ride more smoothly? The difference for a catalytic leader is they don't stop working on the wheel when it begins to smooth out. We're created to be integrated beings, remember, with every part aligning with every other. To have integrity is to be integrated with no outlier parts of our lives that don't match up. Integrity matters for every catalytic leader I know. It matters a great deal to me. And I want to help you have integrity in every part of your life. Family matters. In the late 90s and early 2000s, a TV show captivated my attention. To this day, I'll still watch old episodes from this series, The West Wing. Aaron Sorkin created and wrote many of the episodes, and the writing in particular is what draws me to watch them again and again. In one of the early episodes, Leo McGarry, who is the chief of staff to the President of the United States, is working late at the office, navigating the hurdles of a particular piece of legislation. He gets home after one in the morning 
and finds a small box on the table inside the entry of his home. His wife's on the stairs asking what kept him, and he briefly explains. And then he asks, what's this box? She sighs and says that it's an anniversary present for him. It's their wedding anniversary, which he has completely forgotten. Ouch. The conversation continues, and one exchange in particular has been stuck in my memory for over 20 years now. Leo's trying to explain how important his job is and why this legislative bill and this point in time are so important. And she says, they're not more important than your marriage. And Leo replies, they are more important than my marriage right now. For these few years, while I'm doing this, they are more important than my marriage right now. That is striking. It is horrifyingly honest. And it's repeated, sometimes in similar words, in too many leaders' marriages. Leaders, let me say this as kindly and gently as I know how. Your job is not more important than your marriage. Not now, not for this season, not ever. When I teach and coach on this topic, I'll often use a whiteboard and I'll draw four categories for the priorities of a leader. First, if you're a person of faith, your relationship with God is first. Second, your relationship with your spouse. Third, your relationship with your kids. And fourth, everything else. That's the order. If you're a person of faith, your relationship with God is your first priority. Nothing comes before that. If you're married, your spouse is your second priority. Only God comes before them in your life. If you have kids, your kids come next, not second. Your kids are not the most important thing in your life. Despite having heard that from too many people over the years, that is a misplaced priority, if that's true. And fourth, everything else. That includes your job. You might be thinking, but I'm working hard to provide for my spouse and kids. I get that. But do they know that they are your priority and not your job? Do they know that you value your relationship with them more? You have to tell them. But more than that, you have to show them. Your actions scream so much louder than your words do. Do you communicate that you love spending time with them? Do you let them know that you'd rather be with them than at the office? For kids especially, love is best spelled T-I-M-E. I heard someone say once, we talk about not being able to spend a large quantity of time with our kids, but that we're giving them quality time. There's no such thing as quality time. There's just time. Some of the most memorable moments in my family's life are unscripted, unplanned moments of laughter around the dinner table, playing a card game called Liverpool after dinner, or just moments of honest and transparent conversation in the car as we travel to or from an event or activity. Leaders choose to be family-focused. Think about it this way. One day, you will no longer work where you do. You'll have moved to another job, another company, another church, another organization. You'll have retired. You will have died. One day, someone else will do what you do. On that day, 
how important will your to-do list at work be compared to the family you have? By virtue of what I do, I have spent a lot of time with people at the end of their lives. I have heard words spoken in joy and anguish and gratitude and in regret. You know what? I've never heard anyone say, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. I wish I'd just hit a few more of those KPIs. If only we had gotten that award or that recognition once more. Never once. You know what I've heard? I've heard regrets centered around family. Wishing that days and seasons could be relived. Priorities re-examined and reset. And it's always sad when I hear those sentiments expressed. I've heard them so often that today I'll ask leaders, knowing what I've seen with others at the end of their lives, what if we made an intentional choice not to have those regrets at the end? What if we chose to write a different story now, on purpose? Some take me up on it. Some don't. Some focus on their family relationships, knowing that those will outlive any work achievements or accomplishments. And some don't. Some prioritize their marriage, realizing that their marriage relationship matters more than any other except their relationship with our Heavenly Father. And some don't. And in that difference, I see what makes a catalytic leader. I do not want to have those regrets. I do not want to wish that I had spent less time at the office and more time at home. So I'm making intentional choices today about this. Your kids, my kids, they're not going to be the age they are now forever. At some point, they're going to move out to college, to serve in the military, to get a job and begin the next chapter of their lives. That's normal. That's expected. And that's a little exciting, right? But how much more exciting will it be if we choose to spend time with them now and don't carry forward regrets? about the time we could have. Over the last decade, I've noticed a trend in divorces in America. In the past, many divorces happened in the first five or so years of marriage. Marriage is hard work. Melding two lives together, becoming one, can be incredibly challenging because it requires humility and a giving spirit of mutual submission by both parties. I've noticed in recent years, though, that divorces are becoming more frequent after a couple's been married for 20 to 25 years. What happens in that season that is the catalyst for such a momentous, life-altering decision? The kids move out. I've heard it too many times to think it's isolated. When the kids are gone and there are no more basketball games to drive them to or school events to chaperone or after-school activities to provide taxicab service to and from, Then what? The couple finds themselves at the breakfast table, looking across that table at someone they barely know. So much revolved around the kids for so long. Now what? This is why I teach that the best gift you can give your kids is not the latest technology, the newest iPhone, or the hottest clothes. The best gift you can give your kids is a healthy marriage. You want them to have one of those too, right? They're going to learn what it looks like and how to find the right person to build it with by watching you, by watching your marriage. Don't end your life with regrets on this. Your marriage matters. 
and its success or failure will affect your leadership. If we were sitting across from one another in a coaching session, you might be looking at me with a rather incredulous expression at this point. Seriously? My family should come before my job? Okay, but we'll be living out of our car in no time. I've heard variations on that statement more than a few times over the years. How can you lead well without neglecting your family? Having coached and worked with leaders from so many different industries, I can share with you that this is not a problem that is unique to any one industry. Leaders of all kinds struggle with this tension, from high-powered corporate lawyers to pastors, from teachers to delivery drivers, from business owners and founders to government employees. The tension's real, and it's nearly universal. So how does a catalytic leader deal with it? Here's how I talk about this. When there's a conflict between family and work, family first. Now, that sounds like a hard and fast rule, and of course it's not. There are always gradations of gray. But that's where communication matters. Every weekend, my wife and I have our weekly meeting where we look at the calendar for the upcoming week and determine who's doing what, who's going where, and who's taking care of transporting the kids when and where. That planning and coordination meeting is critical because it's a regular opportunity for honest and open communication about margin, about schedule, time constraints, and priorities. Now, honestly, it's not her favorite time because that's not her natural wiring, but we both know how important this is. Here's what I've discovered based on my own experience and that of the leaders that I've worked with. If you wait until the day of to make the right decision, your decision is often going to be made based on the feelings and circumstances in that moment not on your long-term priorities. By discussing ahead of time, by planning, we determine what's important. My wife knows our family is very important to me, and I've shown her that I'm going to prioritize time with her and with our girls. I also work, and through that, provide for our family. Both matter. And when there's a conflict, we talk it through with our priorities in mind. What matters doesn't change. But with communication, there's no guessing. There's no assuming. There's no making up a story in your head to fill in the gaps like Dr. Brene Brown talks about. There are no gaps. Clear communication is key. Now, we'll talk more about the importance of clear communication later, but realize that in family life, this matters perhaps far more than you ever thought. Do you have a weekly meeting where you review and talk through what's ahead, where you make clear priorities and decisions based on what matters most. Try it out. See how helpful clarity can really be. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I have a request for you. I'd love for you to do a couple things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to find this podcast. Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you, and we'll get one right out. 
My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20 plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can always stay connected with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. And stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.